Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Court to Corporate. I am super excited to share today's conversation, but before we get started, coming out of the first episode at the top of the year, which was all about unlocking your both, I made a I made a note in the in the episode about how so many of the athletes that we have interviewed are actually doing both. They're excelling in their careers and they're building their own platform, brand, venture, or playing professional sports in addition to that. So I actually went back and took a look at the athletes that we've had on the podcast specifically. And out of the 28 guests, there were actually 13 that we had last year that are doing both. And I wanted to start with that because we are coming in hot to start off the year. We are two for two, Des Fleming last week. Um, He's a strategist at Cadre and also the founder of Odyssey Experiences and today's guest, Toby Egbuna. So today's episode, this conversation is all about executing big ideas with little steps. We are going to walk through Toby's journey from getting called up to UNC's basketball team, how he got such a wide range of diverse experiences and internships leading up to landing consulting confidently full-time, and his advice for people that are interested in the industry. But in the back half of this interview, we'll talk about how Toby is forging his path as a diversity recruiter, strategist, blogger, and entrepreneur. He has multiple touch points across this passion point of his, and he's applying it in various ways. And so with what started as a blog called Corporate While Black that he started um, when he recently graduated from UNC and was at Accenture, that has now evolved into Diversify. Think of Glassdoor, but for diverse candidates. It's a company review platform dedicated and geared towards minorities. So we'll be talking about how he evolved his ideas and thoughts and articles into what is now a tangible product and is now gaining momentum. Since the time of this interview, Diversify has been featured in Forbes. So congrats to them. I'm super excited to share this conversation. Um, before we hop into today's conversation, if you're on, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or any other platform, make sure to leave us a review and a rating. All these things make it easier for other athletes to find us. Or if you're on Spotify, my personal favorite, share us on your story or whatever platform you feel best. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Toby Egbuna. Yeah, so um, grew up in a small town called Clemens, North Carolina. Uh, lived there basically all throughout grade school until college and then ultimately before I moved to Boston. Um, I started playing basketball, I think, around when I was seven years old, um, but I didn't get serious about it until seventh grade. I was pretty trash before that. Um, got Started playing AAU on seventh grade, like I said, and then um, played in high school and 
around sophomore year. Up until that point, I was like pretty set on playing in college and um, being in North Carolina. Everybody is either a UNC or a Duke fan, and I picked UNC as my side. Go Duke. Um, <laughs> boo. I'm actually, um, I'm actually a Duke fan. So, so. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I think around sophomore year, I had watched one of the uh, like the Ball is Life mm-hmm. mixtapes, like the original ones, um, and I was looking at the kids that were you know like pulling up from half court and 360 dunking and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, I am not, I'm not going to college for basketball. This isn't <laughs> happening. Um, but my parents had been pretty forceful about, you know, insisting that I got, that I get good grades and mm-hmm. keep up with my schoolwork. So I had good grades at the time and I realized that I could probably actually just get into UNC as a normal student. Um, so senior year of high school came, I applied to UNC, I got in. Um, it was, you know, without a doubt, my number one choice. So I pretty much accepted right away. Um, and then the four years of Chapel pretty much blew by. I actually mm-hmm. did not intend to play basketball, I don't think, when I first started. Um, but I, I played some pickup with the guys that were on the JV team. And I was, this is, I, sh- I should introduce this. Um, so UNC has a JV team. Um, <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, a lot of college programs, they used to have them back in the day, but they got rid of them. But Coach uh, Gene Smith was a big fan of his, um, so he kept it. So the JV team is kind of like, it's, like a high school JV team. It's kind of like a precursor to playing varsity if you're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was keeping up with a lot of the JV guys playing pickup with them. So I figured, you know, why, why not? I might as well try out. Mm-hmm. Got the tryouts. Actually made the team. But then um, I found out that I had like an undi- undiagnosed ACL tear from uh, my Gosh. senior year. Um, so I had to have surgery. I sat out my entire freshman year, rehabbed it. Rush rehab a little bit to get back from my sophomore year. Um, sophomore year was not great on JV team. I was injured a good amount. Um, didn't play as much as I would have wanted to. But um, worked pretty hard after my sophomore year. Had a great junior year season. Um, worked, again, really hard after my junior year. And then got called up to try out with the team at the start of senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll forget. I'll never forget the day because it was it was – at least for consulting, it's like the interview season is very early in, so- in senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so interviews are coinciding pretty much right on line with uh, trying out for basketball. And I got, I made the team on the exact same day that I got my Accenture offer. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that was a great weekend. Exactly. Just, uh, to say the least. But um, yeah, uh, graduated from UNC in 2016 with a degree uh, in business administration um, with the Accenture offer. Moved to Boston and just recently about a month and a half ago, moved to New York, still with Accenture doing consulting. But uh, my sister and I have recently launched our uh, our startup called Diversify. It's a uh, company review site, as Kirby mentioned, a company review site for minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about that a yeah, little bit Yeah, no, we'll get into that. But actually, first question, when you were going through the recruiting process in high school, ultimately you wanted to focus on academics. Were you thinking about playing at other schools? Like, did you have any offers or... Did you kind of cut that window off and focus on something else during that stage? Yeah. Um, I thought about it. Uh, Winston-Salem State is kind of like a, is a local school in like mm-hmm. where, I, where I was from. Um, and they started recruiting me later in my senior year. But um, pretty much after that after that video, after I watched that YouTube video, I realized <laughs> if I'm not going Big D1 Whose mixtape was it? it like, was, who really I can tell is? you. Um, you know Theo Pinson? Yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of people. It was like this whole team's mixtape. Yeah. But I remember Theo Pinson, he's two years younger than me. He's in mm-hmm. eighth grade. And he was on the team. Oh, my god! And he was way better than me at that point. And he, like it's it came full circle because <laughs> he actually ended up being my teammate that senior year. But, oh, wow. Um, 
I saw that. It was like Theo Pinson in eighth mm-hmm. grade, and I'm a sophomore in high school, and I was like, oh, this is, like, it's no. over for me. It's dead. Um, came full circle, though. Yeah, it did come full circle. But, yeah, I, I pretty much gave up on the on basketball recruiting. To me, it was just, if I'm not, if I don't think I have a shot at, like, going far with basketball, mm-hmm. it's just more important for me to focus on academics and try to get a solid job. And Yeah. Well, it all came full circle. Um, we'd love to talk about the process of making the varsity team your senior year. So I, I read that Coach Williams keeps about like two to three players on the varsity team that previously played JV in the year that you were going into it. The team already had 15 and two from JV. So mm-hmm. I, like, was there like one spot open, like do or die? Yeah, I, I, think, I think what happened is they needed – so he likes to have – of what they call blue squad, which is like mm-hmm. the practice squad. Um, and they needed another big on that for that group. Um, and I was, I'm 6'4", but I, I was pretty pretty strong, and st- I guess still am. But, um, and I played kind of like the post on JV on the JV team. So mm-hmm. um, I tried out for another big spot, just ba- I think basically just to fill in that, that practice squad. But honestly, they could have put me as like team janitor, and I, <laughs> and I 100% would have taken it. Um, so Getting yeah, I think in. that year we had four walk-ons like slash former JV guys mm-hmm. so was that for you making the team was it more of a mental or physical process um I would honestly say physical um because the thing is I felt like especially like watching some of the other JV guys that I play again Mudo to varsity I felt like mm-hmm. I was talented enough and like obviously I'm not on on par or on level with the guys that were on scholarship mm-hmm. and you know like nationally acclaimed or whatever but I felt like I could play on the team so the mental part wasn't there it was mainly just getting making sure that my knee was there mm-hmm. uh, making sure that my conditioning and stuff was right um making sure that I was actually like working on my game and you know like trying to develop the things that I, I thought I wasn't very good at um so yeah I would say more physical yeah no that makes sense so tell us about the 15 2016 season so you guys are ACC champions number one seed in the tournament and made it to the national championship, and then that shot happened from Chris Jenkins. But <laughs> through that, I, I, <laughs> like, don't want to talk remember, about no, it. No, <laughs> I don't remember the shot. I just, Are you serious? Just like, blacked mind. out? Nope, I don't remember that. Um, but tell us about that season for you, like, as a teammate. Like, how did you find ways to add value in your role throughout the season? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, first of all, I, again, since, like, so- seventh grade, I – dream about playing on the UNC team. So making the team was just huge. To date, it's by far my number one accomplishment. Um, but playing, I mean, playing on the team, I just, again, those guys are, a good number of them are in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. They were all Americans in high school, you know, nationally ranked, whatever. Um, so there's no way I'm competing with them kind of physically. Um, mm-hmm. What I tried to do is just, you know, play hard. Again, I'm a, a bigger guy. I think I was pushing like 230 or 235 mm-hmm. when I was on the team so I try to throw my weight around especially with the bigs just make them work as hard as possible um yeah just I mean it was more just to me at least just about doing whatever it was that coach Williams wanted me to do mm-hmm. um and you know like trying to make my presence felt as much as possible yeah yeah of course so going back to the moment that you made the team you mentioned like 24 hours fan you make the team you get your offer from Accenture, but take us back. So tell us about the work experiences that, experiences, excuse me, that you had leading up to Accenture. So what internships and then ultimately why did you decide on consulting? Yeah, so I had a, a lot of internships actually, but I think I, saw. I started 
Um, Lengthy list here. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually went to my after my freshman year. I went to Nigeria. My dad lives in Nigeria now, and he does uh, private equity. So I interned for one of his like partner companies, and then directly under his company for about six weeks in Nigeria. That was after freshman year. Sophomore year, um, I was actually pretty convinced that I wanted to do something in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got an intern, a local internship in Winston Salem, um, doing like sports media, sports marketing. Um, Realized that wasn't really for me, so I kind of crossed that as a li- crossed that off the list. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking that I, I like watching sports. Obviously, yeah. I like playing them, but just working in it, it kind of like took the 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 joy out of it. If that makes sense. Interesting. Um, it was a a small sports media group that worked with a lot of colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of like sports licensing and that sort of thing, and I was just like this. Maybe I just did, wasn't in the right segment for me, but I, I kind of crossed it off the list entirely and, you know, decided to focus on more, like, traditional business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, after junior year, I interned at IBM, uh, actually doing sales and marketing, so completely unrelated to consulting. But um, I picked up on a lot of, like, the qualitative skills, like, people skills and talking to people and that sort of thing that you need to be, you know, have a successful career in consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then senior year came and... I could have gone back to IBM, but I was kind of set on consulting just because I felt like it was a great avenue for figuring out what is what it is that you want to do next. Just getting mm-hmm. so much different uh, industry exposure and that sort of thing. And then my dad, um, way back in the day, uh, actually worked for Arthur Anderson, which is like what Accenture used to be. Um, and he was a consultant at a couple of different firms. And he spoke really highly about like the travel and just getting, you know, like to see the world a little bit, but also... Um, the breadth of projects that you might be working on and just getting all these different experiences. So that's kind of um, what pushed me that way. And again, I was in the business school of Carolina. So mm. um, if you're not finance, you're consulting. That's basically what it was. So I was, yeah, consulting was uh, the path I wanted to go towards. So to wrap up the UNC chapter, I mean, for you, what did it mean to close out your four years to have both of these paths come together, right? Like you closed your four years out mm. on the team, um, sounds like you ended up where you wanted to be with Accenture to start your career. Um, how, how was it for those to come together for you? I mean, it was, it was everything. I look back at my four years at UNC, it was absolutely the highlight of my life to date. Um, making the team and being fortunate enough to be on a team that was super talented and made it a, literally about as far as you can make it without winning a national championship. And, um, just all the different experiences and getting to travel and, I mean, obviously, like the the frivolous stuff, like wearing the gear and all that mm-hmm. stuff around. The whole experience was incredible. Um, did actually end up eating MJ after the oh, game, really? after the <laughs> national championship game when we just lost. So oh, it, was, no. it, was, it was tainted a little bit. But like I Great saw Michael moment, Jordan. Michael time. Jordan was ten feet away from me, so that was that was incredible <laughs> on its own. Um, but that combined with you know, like you go to college ultimately to get a job mm-hmm. or to like figure out you know what, where you want to take your career and um, being able to kind of get two accomplishments off the list list with uh with making the team at UNC and then also getting the job in the field that I was targeting was was everything. I actually have one more question before we move on to Accenture. So for you, like as you were going through the interview process, obviously making the varsity team came after you got um you got the Accenture offer, kind of. Um, did you ever speak to your experience on the JV team in your recruiting process? Was that something that you prioritized? Um, and do you talk about the experience a bit differently today now that you had made the team? In the recruiting process, 
Not really. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think I brought up JV a whole lot. It, I remember it was on my resume. Um, I will say, though, it was a huge help in senior year recruiting because most of the, I mean, to be honest, like most of the people that, that, that different companies send to recruit at UNC are yeah. UNC alums. Mm-hmm. So telling, as soon as I mentioned, I'm trying out for the basketball team, you're like, yeah. oh my God, what is, you know I mean? Tell me about Coach Williams and tell me about the Dean though and all this other stuff. So that was just mm-hmm. a great way to kind of network and get to know the people. Um, I remember I've been, like Accenture was the company that I was really targeting. Mm-hmm. And I went to so many information sessions and spoke to so many people that by like the time my final round interview came up and I walked into the room, they were like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, Toby, like how's... How are tryouts going? Mm-hmm. How's Coach Williams? Whatever. Like, they all knew me by my name. And so yeah. did, like, the person that actually interviewed me. And I think that was just making all those connections was really huge and, you know, instrumental for me getting the offer. Mm-hmm. Of course. So um, moving on to Accenture. So you mentioned for you it seemed like the place, um, at least, it, it would help you understand strategically where you would want to go next and just gaining such a wide range of skill sets in consulting. Can you tell us about the process leading up to it? So, like, what was the interview process like? How did you narrow down on Accenture um, and ultimately decide like to start here at this company? Yeah. Um, so the interview process was, I think it's two days. One day is just like you know, a normal behavioral interview. And then with consulting interviews, you almost always have a case interview, which is like a situational, you know, like how do you think kind of interview with mm-hmm. numbers and that sort of thing. And then another culture fit, culture ad uh, interview. Um and again, being in the B school, everyone is either doing finance or consulting. So everyone, a lot of my friends were also going for consulting jobs. So we kind of case interview practiced and um, we looked up all the common questions on Glassdoor. And, you know, I was, I was pretty prepared and had my resume tailored and everything. Um, so the recruiting and the interview process wasn't, wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. So um, I asked because you're heavily involved in diversity recruiting and helping current students at UNC. What... Being on the other side, like, can you tell us more about some of the frequent questions you get? What are your answers? Um, and then the next part of that is, like, what's your biggest piece of advice for people that are interested in consulting? Okay, so the, the first part, um, I don't know that there's one common question. Um, in general, people do have problems or, you know, questions about the, the case interview because it is mm-hmm. something very different from any normal, any interview you've probably done before. Um, and I, I always offer to hop on the phone and do like a practice or mock case interview with them and just tell them to, um, you know, go online, find, uh, practice cases that you can do with friends, that Mm -hmm. sort of things. Know like your basic profit equals revenue minus cost frameworks, those sort of things. Um, advice for people looking to get into consulting is to start networking as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I, I was pretty well connected with Accenture just because I had been to so many information sessions and uh, set up a bunch of informational interviews and that sort of thing with people that they all knew me pretty much by name by the time the final round interview came along. Um, a trick that I would always do is, especially in college when you have an information session and there's, you know, like six people from the company, mm-hmm. but 90 students there gunning to like get a word in with each of the Those different... Huddles. Right. Um, <laughs> I would actually just skip the informational session. Um, really? Yeah. Email the recruiter like the next day or actually the day of and say like, hey, I can't make it. I have class or whatever. Um, but can we set up 15 minutes to talk? It's very afterwards? smart. <laughs> and then um, and then you get your one-on-one time. You don't yeah. have to do with all the BS of actually being in the informational session. And then at the end, you I usually ask, I know you're a recruiter. So like, 
is there someone that you can introduce me to for mm-hmm. you know like to get more information on the day to day experience? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do you know two or three of those informational interviews, and then when it did come time for the actual interview, I could reference those and say like, hey, I spoke to this person. Right. She said this, this, and this, um, and I'm interested in doing that same kind of work for this reason. Um, and that just kind of showed like you know resourcefulness and. Yeah like demonstrated interest in working in the company. Uh, so I always give that tip to um, to people that are, to minority students at UNC that I talk to. Of course. Um, so before we move on to this diversity lens here, tell us about your experience to date. So your fears in, um, what type of work have you been doing and how are you leveraging your inner athlete throughout? Um, so most of my, I've been at Accenture a little over three years now. Um, most of my work has been in, the utility space, oddly enough. Um, anyone that knows me will tell you I'm, I hate science. I hate like energy and that sort of, that just would have been like the last sort of thing that I would have picked um, as my industry. But um, I've definitely learned a lot and I know much more about manholes and sewers that than most people do. <laughs> um, but it's been good. It was, it's like, that's why you sign up for consulting is to, to get into industries and things and, and get exposure to things that you probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, consulting is huge on teamwork and like having group, like most of my projects have been 24, 25, 30 people. Wow. Um, so yeah, like it just, I think playing, having played basketball all my life, I'm, you know, very comfortable with teams and, um, very good at like identifying what my role is and figuring out the be- the way to do that to the best of my ability and the way that's going to kind of uh, push the team towards whatever goal we're going for. Um, I remember when I was on the JV team, my coach both years on the JV team was Hubert Davis, who used mm-hmm. to play, who played at UNC and then played actually here in New York for the oh. Knicks for a while. Um, I still think to this day, I think he owns some three point record. Really? Yeah, he's wow. like he can he can still shoot like that very much. <laughs> um, but he, I remember one one halftime speech he gave us was like if you we're talking about defense he was like if you guard your guy and you guard your guy and you guard your guy we don't need to help right like you just we don't need zones you don't need any of that like i got my man you got your man we'll be fine um and i try to take that same advice to work stuff right like if i handle my business the things that i'm responsible for Mm -hmm. and the person next to me does the same and the person next to him does the same the project will be fine because everyone's Mm -hmm. you know being accountable um so yeah, I definitely think basketball has applied and helped me kind of navigate the consulting world and the different projects that I've been on. Of course. So now moving on, you obviously you do diversity recruiting, you're a diversity strategist, blogger. We talked about in the beginning, co-founder of Diversify, but beginning, where does this passion point start for you? Was it through your own recruiting process? Like, can you just share more on that? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I didn't have I didn't really know much about it, to be honest, when I first mm-hmm. graduated. And I don't think it was nearly as popular amongst, like, in corporate America as it, as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, diversity and inclusion, I mean. Um, but it really stemmed from my work with UNC recruiting. And, you know, like, naturally I focused on African-American student recruiting. I'm just going around. The issue was that the B school, because I, I was as a B school grad, I, I looked around. I think there were five black males in my class of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, while you were in while America. I was there, yeah. like in my 2016 graduation class. Okay. Um, 
I'm gonna mess up the number, but like maybe out of like 200 or so, like it was wow. we're we're Very a minority small. for sure. So like when I go and it's still <laughs> around sure. the same number. So when I go back to UNC and try to recruit African Americans, yeah. I can't go to the B school mm-hmm. because they're not there. They're not there. Um, but the problem is the P, the kids in the B school are the most prepared because they're around case interviews. All our classes involve group work. Like mm-hmm. we they're they're like we're bred for this. Um, so when I go to talk to African American students that are majoring in biology or political science or mm-hmm. global studies or whatever, they have what it takes to be a consultant. They have, you know, the brain power and the intelligence and all that stuff, but they, they're literally not prepared. And I think the that's why the pipeline for recruiting African-American students is so small is that they don't even, you know what I mean? Like a lot of them mm-hmm. are asking like, is, how's my, my resume look? And mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's three pages long. It's the spacing. is Like it's, they literally just don't know what it, what they need to have prepared to get into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just the problem that I kind of resonated with. And I just really, really liked the feeling of um, helping the students prepare the documents, get ready for interviews, that sort of thing. And then, like, for the few that I was able to help, like, get an offer, either at Accenture or at another firm, mm-hmm. um, that was just a really good feeling. And I, I kind of thought, you know, there there are these job op- job opportunities out there. Um, all these companies are really focusing in on diversity recruiting, mm-hmm. right? And, like, literally opening up spots saying like we have to rec- we have to hire five black males or five black people this year like mm-hmm. five latinx people whatever um and the minorities don't even know about these opportunities these like you know super great playing great paying jobs that allow you to travel and give you all this industry exposure all these great opportunities out there they don't even know about them and i just kind of want to um the opportunity to fill that gap mm-hmm. or like you know join the fight and filling that gap was something that kind of intrigued me so that's where the passion came from of course before we move on to how you started applying this, where do you think that like pipeline or like gap begins? Because like you mentioned that you were like one of five in the business school mm-hmm. and they're when they come in, they're doing different concentrations that don't necessarily apply to what would be applicable in like a consulting finance setting. Where do you think that first conversation needs to start for minority students, for student athletes of color? Like where yeah. do you think I mean, you can I, meet them? I think that um, so in the, in the business school, I think it's better to explain it this way. In the B school, the one of the first classes you take is Busy 401, which is just like business writing. So that's like, you have to take that, I think your first semester or first or second semester. And it's in that class, you basically get your, your resume right. You get your cover letter right. You wow. practice interviewing. You practice giving presentations. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sets you up for the rest of the curriculum in the B school because you're giving presentations. Um, and then you're doing recruiting and all of those stuff. So, like, you already have all this documentation ready. All you have to do is update it. Um, the rest of the, the student body like, doesn't have that. Um, and while they, like, they have all these prereqs and all this other stuff that you have to do, there's nothing on there about career development right Mm -hmm. and like obviously not everyone is going to go the the corporate path and have to do case interviews but a good number are even if you aren't going necessarily corporate you're going to have to do a behavioral interview you're going to have to like give presentations these are skills that apply to not just people in a business setting um so the pipeline issue comes that you know like the b school sets people up for this but they don't because you have to apply to the b school at unc right so they don't either that not that many people apply, not that many people are let in. Mm-hmm. So naturally, only like a very small percentage of African American students at UNC, and I would expect that I would suspect that other schools as well have what it takes to or have the knowledge 
to know what it takes to um, to get one of these corporate jobs. So as just mentioned, I keep saying this, but you have multiple touch points that you're applying this passion point. You're an overall strategist, blogger, now co-founder. How did you, and obviously leading these efforts at Accenture, how did you first identify like how to apply the passion point? Because it came out of going back to your school and being in the space. How did you then apply it to other avenues as well? Um, yeah, I think I was like, I, I liked the job. I liked working at Accenture, but I was, I was looking for, I felt, I felt like I was reading more and listening to more podcasts and watching more shows or more interviews or whatever about diversity and getting more and more into it. Um, and I was looking for an outlet, a way to, um, kind of demonstrate what I'm learning, right? Mm-hmm. And then I present myself as a an industry leader or somebody that knew that knows what he's talking about when it comes to IND. Um, so that's why I started the blog. Uh, it's called Corporate While Black. Um, and that's just kind of where I share, like I share either research that I've done about um, you know, like company diversity rankings mm-hmm. and kind of like the, the analysis behind that, or I share like my personal ex- experiences as an African-American in corporate America. So that, like, I wrote an, an article on imposter syndrome and kind of, like, explained an, a couple, an experience that made me feel it. Like, mm-hmm. I was not necessarily, like, worthy or didn't deserve to be in the position that I'm in. Um, how I kind of got around it, uh, like, and again, gave, like, suggestions for other minorities that might be facing the same thing mm-hmm. um, and how they can get around it. So um, I just look for an outlet, basically, for a way for me to publish my findings and let people know that this is something that I'm interested in, something I can point to um, when I do start talking about it. Got to build that credibility. So moving along with that said, tell us about Diversify. I'll let you run with it, but maybe just start with like the inspiration and the why behind it. Um, So yeah, my sister and I recently launched Diversify, as I mentioned before. Um, It is a company review site designed for diverse job candidates and employees. Um, so think like Glassdoor before minorities. Um, and the inspiration, I mean, it kind of just came from, I mentioned before that there is, there are these job opportunities out there for minorities and there are these minorities that don't know about it. And along with that, they don't know what it takes to get there, right? So there's, it, the, the premise is that there is a disparity in information, right? Um, and we're trying to close that gap, right? We're trying, we're trying to provide transparency for minorities that are trying to see, you know, do I actually want to work at Google? What's it like to work there, et cetera. Um, but then we're also trying to help companies on the flip side do better about retaining their minority employees, recruiting their minority employees, um, by telling them what it is that minorities are looking for and mm-hmm. how to kind of frame their, their company cultures to, to fit that. So what was what was the story? Because this was recently, right? Like the website launched September, right? Yeah, about a month ago. About a month ago. Yeah. So it's your your early end, but tell us about like the backstory behind it. Was it coming out of a recruiting session? You're like, this needs to happen, or was it just a yeah. culmination of everything that you're doing that just like led you to make? I I honestly wish I could tell you that there was a like a light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I talk about it all the time. I, it it just kind of. We kept talking about, like, because she works at, my sister works at IBM and does mm-hmm. sales in Chicago. Um, so we're both minorities in corporate America, and we kept talking about how there kind of is this disparity of information, and 
I don't know. One day we just had it. One day it was like, we need to start a company review site, a glass store, basically aimed towards the things that minorities want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ha- I, I think we, I think I came up with a name and the normal spelling of diversify was taken and then like four other spellings were taken and then we landed on the one that we had. But then, yeah, there was, there <laughs> was no. How many different spellings of diversify? So like, think about like Lyft. Yeah. Like L-Y-F-T. Yeah, yeah. It could be L-I-F-T. So oh, that's that sort okay. Of thing. Um, People get creative. Yeah essentially um but yeah i mean yeah. we there was not really a light bulb moment that i can remember i just think that yeah. one day we were like this is it and then we kind of researched it to see if there's anything else out there um we shared the idea with some friends and family and they were like yeah but i think like the world needs this so no of course um so i mean tell us about like what does it mean what does it mean to you guys to close this gap for like on both sides mm-hmm. so for a minority candidates like how like how can your platform help them and then what I think was really important that you mentioned was that like this is also a value on the company side so can you like tell us like more about like what can I expect from this if I'm I'm a 22 year old that like just graduated I'm trying to understand where can I go who can I talk to Mm -hmm. I don't have any contacts there but like this platform is something that like I can resonate with like can you just tell us what you can expect on that end and then tell us more about the company side as well. Yeah, so on the, the kind of user side, um, we started with maybe around 40 or 50 uh, what we call pain point interviews, right, to just talk to minorities in different demographic groups and ask them, you know, what what do you struggle with when you're trying to research a company? Um, when you're in an interview, right, and it comes to the end of the section and the interviewer asks you, like, you mm-hmm. know, what questions do you have for me? Like, mm-hmm. what questions do you ask that person? Um, when you're trying to get this, this information, what are your usual tactics, right? Do you like usually talk to friends? And if you don't have any friends that work at the company, you go on LinkedIn um, and look at look up you know people that work at X company. Um, and when you're trying to maybe you like connect with them, you shoot one of them email. You're probably going to shoot for, some, for someone that looks like you or is similar to you in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we took all of that insight and tried to craft diversify <clears throat> to to solve those pain points, right? So. Um, the way it works is you you come on and diversify is D Y V E R S I F I. Important. Um, yeah, the spelling. <laughs> Important like to clarify. Kind of um, you come on the the website. You create what we call a portrait, which is where you denote like your your sexual orientation, your gender, your age, your race, veteran, and disabled status. Um, we encourage you to submit as much as you feel comfortable. So if you want, you can. If you want to submit all six, you can. If you only want to submit a few, you can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you create the portrait and then you move on to the story, which is basically the review, right? Um, and we wanted to call it a, a story because it's different for each person. Mm-hmm. And it, the our reviews, we want them to be as detailed as possible to paint that picture for a minority that's considering a job at whatever company that he or she is looking at. Um, so the story contains information about um, opportunity, like do you have an op- do you feel like you're confident in your ability to get promoted? Mm-hmm. Um, transparency we talked to a lot of people saying like yeah i'm not really doing the job that i thought i would be doing when i first accepted the offer um diversity so like how's representation retention um any diversity programs that you have and then kind of contribution to the works like do you feel like your voice is heard that sort of thing as well Mm. um and then we do have like a free response section where you kind of say you you give your pros your cons um, you talk about your relationship with your manager. Um, I talked to a lot of people on the company side as well, and they said people don't leave jobs, they leave managers, especially for minorities as well. That, that relationship with the person that you're working with day to day 
is huge, um, right? So you people looking at a company need to know that mm-hmm. in general management here is really good. They support us. They provide us opportunities to succeed. They give us good feedback or the opposite. Right. Um, and then you provide an overall rating and salary information as well um, because that was another piece that a lot of people were asking about. Uh, and then finally you submit the review and then or the story. And you can go on and look for stories from various other companies that have been posted. So right now we're only posting stories for companies once they hit five submissions. Mm-hmm. I think right now we have Accenture, um, EY, IBM, and uh, Egon Zender, which is like mm-hmm. a executive search recruiting company. Um, and we're working on getting more, you know, every every day, every week. But that's the kind of that's the offering. That's what we're trying to provide to the people we're trying to serve. And then along with that, we're going to launch a, we're calling the purple pages. So that's going to be, you know, like diversify exclusive content to help people know how do I handle an interview? How do I prep my resume? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as just like opinion and thought pieces, like the, the pieces that are on the corporate wild black blog and um, we're hoping to get some guest writers out there as well. So if you, Kirby, if you're interested, or anyone <laughs> listening, if you guys, if Call y'all are out. interested, right? if y'all are interested in writing some top pieces for Diversify, we're more than welcome. Um, and then on the company side, right? So we do, we will have all this data, and the goal is that we will be able to offer this data to companies and say, like, you know, you can you can kind of search and see, you know, how are black women rating us in Atlanta? How mm-hmm. are gay Asian men in San Francisco doing, et cetera? Um, Along with that, we we do hope that once we get this, once we get a, a decent sized following, companies realize that this is a branding opportunity for them, right? To to kind of post whatever it is that they're doing for their minorities, whatever mm-hmm. events they're having, uh, maybe spotlight a review or spotlight um, a minority that's that speaks really well of the firm on uh, what we call the company profile as well. Um, and those are just kind of like the initial features, but we have a couple that we've been thinking about rolling out once we, you know, get a little traction. But yeah. The traction is going. Like, you guys, going. you guys have the ball rolling. But to kind of tie it together, and you actually just mentioned it, you're kind of putting in pieces of corporate, corporate while black into diversify mm-hmm. now. And what I'm curious to hear is how are you using the foundation that you started with your first step in corporate while black to kind of growing what is like now tangible and diversified? Because mm-hmm. I think that's really important for people to hear that have this passion point, excuse me, have this passion point and are curious about how to take the first step. Right. And um, it doesn't have to be fully formed and you do because it can lead to something greater right. like right. this. Um, so like, can you share more on that progression? Yeah. I mean, I think the blog was, I also just like writing. So mm-hmm. that was a pretty good outlet there. But again, it was, it's intended to share the research that I'm doing Um build credibility as you as you um Mm -hmm. express but i also found that it was just i felt like i was writing stuff that like all minorities kind of already knew Mm -hmm. and they were reading it like yep 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 yep, yep." but then like i was getting a lot of feedback from non-minority friends saying like Mm -hmm. oh i didn't know this was a thing at all that's that's super interesting like how where'd you do this research it's so cool that you started the blog um and then i kind of realized that this was an education tool as well. Um, And I think that Diversify has that same opportunity, but can obviously do it on a much wider scale. Um, Not even just for non-minorities, right? But like, as a a male, I don't really know what my female coworkers are going through, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what transgender, my my transgender workers are going through, my veteran 
or disabled coworkers you're going through. And you can kind of get that information and that insight. Mm. Um, that's transparency that you don't have. And our goal is to provide transparency. So you're kind of getting that insight from the stories that people submit. Um, yeah, the I would say it's if you have a passion or something that you're even interested in, look for ways to get involved in it. And I say that to people that actually just started Accenture as well. Like, so like if you're, Accenture is a huge company. And a lot of times when you start, they kind of just like throw you into the fire on basically mm-hmm. a random project. Um, so say like I came in and I was really interested in healthcare, but they staffed me on something in retail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many like plus one opportunities or, um, you know, like clubs or whatever within the company that you can kind of get involved in to still get that healthcare experience along with mm-hmm. the retail project that I'm primarily focusing on. Um, and the same goes for whatever it is, your pa- whatever your passion is outside of work. Um, I also think it's really good just to have something that you're interested in that's not work related, right? Something that you can kind of look forward to that gets your mind off work. So then, at least for me, I was like, okay, I need to focus on this blog piece, but I also have essential work to do. So now mm-hmm. I'm like streamlining and kind of like laying out a schedule for how I can mm-hmm. knock out um, all the things on my task list. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something I would advocate and just get started as soon as you can. I think I was very surprised at how well received the blog was. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, even like hitting submit on that first piece, I was like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a blog. Like people still read blogs, is that a thing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, people I hadn't spoken to in a while, like, you know, appreciated it and were like, and had subscribed to the link and everything like that. So that was, that felt really good. And I think if whatever it is that your passion is, um, if you find an outlet, outlet and a way to express it, people will receive it well and um, support you. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcast, DM us, or contact us on our website. Whatever is easiest, we want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.